Unjerkuses, butt faces, and entitled brats. SBB. Sunday, December 11th, 2022. Holy shit, what a week. Slash weekend. Slash week never ended. What a bunch of jerkuses. My Shabbos surcharge is going way up. That was too many people in my presentation on Saturday, and they all acted like little monsters grabbing at the microphone. I mean, think about it. If I had given a seminar for that kind of audience live, I'd have been up on the podium. Nobody else would have had a microphone. Ever. But here, it was like a free-for-all. Usually, I allow participants to unmute and speak if invited. And usually, they're respectful about it. Not yesterday. And they were so rude when they stole the floor, too. Zoom makes it very cumbersome to control the audience microphone yourself. Usually they can control it or they can't turn it on at all. Nothing in between. But maybe I'll just have to control it myself for groups that big or simply deny access completely. Or I'll just cap the group size at 50. Because either way, even if they are muted, then there's the chat to manage. They were a bunch of butt faces in the chat, too. If it had been live, people couldn't have just texted nasty messages straight in front of my face. I actually called them all out at one point, because they were being rude to the organizers as well as to me. I was like, dude, the people who are organizing this event are all volunteers. They made this happen so that you could attend, practically free of charge. So if somebody forgot to send you an email that's not even relevant to the topic at hand, you can be polite about it, at the appropriate time, and stop freaking the heck out. That's the gist, anyway. I chose a slightly more professional register to deliver my scolding. At the very end of the event, when the 99% who aren't butt faces were thanking me, I was just starting to relax. I knew I was moments away from a lengthy decompressed session. That's when this winner lands in my DM. Very good job, except for a facial tick I found to be distracting, so you might want to work on that. What the actual heck? Maybe you were all so annoying that you gave me the goddamn facial tick. And look, I'm actually happy to know about it. I'll be aware of it in the future now. But just, no, no. Nobody invited you to send me criticism at that precise moment, or even ever. That was not the appropriate moment to offer me facial tick feedback. Let's pretend, just for a second, that my event had been a terrible live performance. Even then there would have been applause at curtain, however faltering. The critical reviews would not immediately post while you're taking your bow. And also just fuck you. God, I was just exhausted and rageful at the end of that damn thing. Definitely a life lesson in not working on Shabbos. I decided to walk all the way to Gales instead of taking the metro to clear my head. We had made plans on Thursday before I went poof. I quickly checked the messenger drawbridge after my event, but there was no word from her, so I figured we were still good to go. I actually managed to have my phone off for 72 hours for the third week straight, and that included one doctor's appointment, a work party, a friend's get-together, two work presentations, and a trip to Gales. All without my phone. Also, yikes, that was a busy weekend. It was finally cold after weeks of spookily warm winter weather. The other day, Marisol was like, It's not supposed to be this warm, is it? I mean, it's nice, but... I liked the cold. I was hot from all the annoying people of this weekend, and I needed to feel the chill. I rage-walked. Then I paused in the woods and the mountain. It was actually a beautiful walk. A good half hour of it took place on an actual hiking trail. I probably won't be able to do it for the rest of the winter because I was technically walking on paths that were fermés pour l'hiver. They're closed for the winter for a reason. 
They were treacherous even yesterday just because some rain had frozen over. Once there's more snow and ice, it'll be a total no-go. But yesterday was nice. The roots spit me out abo up above Montreal coming down, and it felt kind of magical to just suddenly appear in a totally different part of the city. Even having dragged out the walk and having purposely left later than I'd planned, I got to Gail's house before she did. Riley and I were laughing in the kitchen about my terrible no-good days by the time she got home. Riley was in the armchair pretending to take therapist notes while I vented on the patient couch. Riley says they'll take the rice cooker to Marche Nuon on a daily basis just to annoy them until they give me my money back. Gail's house was a total disaster. The dishwasher is broken, she said, gesturing helplessly to the piles of dishes piled over with food waste that hadn't made it into the compost bin yet. Felix is leaving dirty laundry all over the house, and I don't even want to allow you to see the state of the bathroom. Riley wailed despairingly when instructed to finish the pots and pans. Felix hid in his room, waiting until somebody else would clean his share of the mess. Then Gail and Riley got distracted picking out stuff for Felix's Christmas present. They're buying him a P.S. mumbo-jumbo thing for Assassin's Speed and whatnot. I rolled up my sleeves and conquered the sink. Gail ordered the gaming system from this woman on Facebook, who arrived much later in the evening, just at the moment when I had completely kicked Gail's butt at Azul. Everyone ran out of the room, and nobody congratulated me on my triumph. Outrageous. It was getting later, and Gail invited me to spend the night. Once I knew I didn't have to fight my way back across the city, my whole nervous system decompressed. My body just melted, and I stepped into an intense meditation. Riley and Gail were right next to me chattering about video games, but I was floating. That's when I remembered what it felt like when Plateau Place was my home. How safe it felt. How warm. For once, I didn't feel bitter, because I'm glad I have my own place now, so I'm not as resentful about losing my home. Also, I can enjoy my friendship with her better, because I'm being like 92.5% successful at not carrying Gail's pain. The other 7.5% of me observes keenly from the corner of my eye when Gail runs out of the room to, quote, make a phone call. She returns, and Riley steals her phone to play guitar with the tabs on Gail's phone. Tabs on Gail's phone. I'm reading the lyrics, and 15 more text messages from Richard come in. I don't even consider trying to accidentally, on purpose, eavesdrop read their contents. I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. In the old days, the old me would have tried to interpret Gail's face to figure out whether she and Richard are actually having an, a completely innocuous conversation and her nonchalance is genuine, or if he's just said something cutting and cruel and she's trying futilely to remain calm. In the old, old days, the old her would have taken the call in front of me and then psychoanalyzed every single piece of it, the good, the bad, and the ugly. In the not-that-old-as-in-this-past-summer days, the this-past-summer Gale would not mention him at all for 90% of the visit, then would suddenly get triggered and start trauma-dumping for literally hours. Then I would have, like, trigger transfer, be totally activated, yet unable to respond to her sobbing cries for help with actual words, because I'm not allowed to tell her that her fiancé is a shithead. The new me asserts firm boundaries while remembering that my friend is in charge of her own life and is taking care of herself. Ugh, he's so gross. So yeah, I felt 92.5% safe and at home at Plateau Place last night. We didn't talk about February. This morning she brought it up as I was leaving, and I was like, no worries, but tag your it. If you want this, you make it happen. So we're meeting for breakfast on Friday to hash it out. Mary Poppins is armed with a bullet-pointed checklist and mostly ready. Mistress Me had packed us an overnight bag. Months ago, just in anticipation of the eventual moment where I would be yet again stuck at Gale's without any of my stuff. This appears to be a regular occurrence. 
The overnight bag had all the toiletries and super comfy knee-high panda-faced socks. We'd remembered the overnight bag was there but had forgotten all about the socks. The discovery was fabulous. That's when I felt like I was home, when I put on the panda socks. Because at Gail's house, I'm allowed to be a baby girl, and nobody bats an eye. I'm not even the weirdest one there. Riley's way weirder, and Felix, too. All of them give me a run for my money. We spent pretty much the entire night laughing. Gail did tell me one thing about the ongoing conversation between her and that fiancé of hers. I'm not sure why she told me this piece in particular, or why she told me anything at all, really. Our whole thing is we don't talk about Richard, so we don't, except then she does. Always. She'll carefully mention two or three things per visit, and I guess she thinks they are either relevant or not triggering. She still doesn't understand that just hearing his name makes me want to vomit. But at least I'm less triggery now, and I can mostly stomach it when she inevitably brings him up. Richard thinks we should be saving the present, she said, making it more Christmassy. At first I didn't understand, then realized that he was apparently making a thing out of the fact that they'd opened the box with the video game stuff. Wait, like he's worried about Riley setting it up right now? We wanted to make sure that all the hardware worked and the Facebook lady hadn't scammed us, so now Riley was in the process of passwords, usernames, Wi-Fi codes, yada yada. It was all being done really quietly to keep the surprise from Felix. Luckily, he was never in a million years going to exit his bedroom, so that didn't really matter. Oh, he's not worried, she said quickly. He just wants to, it to feel like a present. In my head, I was like, of course that's what he wants, because he needs to plan it into an elaborate event, a manufactured moment, and then gets disappointed when it doesn't all go according to his micromanaging. He needs to make the whole holiday about himself and then inevitably get upset about something and make Gail think that it's her fault. Also, of course he wants Riley to pretend not to know about the PS39 who saw what's a what what and be like, oh my gosh, what a surprise. Now I can fight with Felix about using it instead of setting it up calmly like I was doing the other day. I did not say all of that. I said, huh, what do you want to do? I don't know, she said, and we kept playing Azul, round two. We tried a cooperative version while Riley happily set up the PlayStation until Gail had to disappear for her phone call. Oh my god, I can't wait for the first time I come over to visit once the family has adjusted to this new toy. I'm going to create a fairy princess avatar and leave it there. That should be a fun way to get under Richard's skin. Oh my god, Gail. She was like, I'm hoping this will get Felix off his iPad and into the communal space. She looked to me for confirmation that this would solve all his budding teenager problems. To play video games? I mean... I guess that kind of counts as communal, and it is loads of fun, but will it solve the iPad problem? Um, I think that it will solve some problems and create a whole bunch of new ones, I said, but I'm really excited to play some video games with you. This morning, a cleaning fairy had clearly been through the house and finished what we'd started the night before. Gail giggled when I told her how sparkly the house looked and, cooked, and she cooked me breakfast. She said it was really nice to have had, my stay over, uh, to have had me stay over and thanked me for helping straighten things up. She said that she had felt like she was drowning in housework, and I had made her f feel less overwhelmed. Gaga. Then somehow the topic of homes and moves came up, as in her moving someplace else. Someplace else? I have no idea how serious she is. I thought she loved the place she lives in now. She talks about it being an inheritance for the kids, and she's putting all this renovation work into it. But Richard's friends live in Georgia, so... What exactly? And Pierre is also talking about investing in a property where we could go rafting, and you know I need that. Gail, boys will come and go, but I will be here forever, I said, half kidding, but half very serious. Buy a property with me. The problem with that is the boys have to be allowed on the property, she said, which is kind of fair. I suppose I can't forbid her fiancé from coming to our hypothetical country home with the garden. 
I quickly scanned my brain for arguments and found none, except for maybe, well, you could choose better men and they would be allowed on the premises. Fair enough, I ended up saying. Luckily, I won't be ready for anything like that for a few years, so we've got time to think about it. Anyway, I'm not buying a property with Gail. I'm going to find a happiness palace that I can afford all by myself, or with a tiny bit of help from Mommy and Matt, who can be in a separate building from me. Visiting fairy princesses will be welcomed, but no narcissists or misogynists allowed. So no Richards. What about Jessie's, though? Should they be allowed in? It feels like it should be clear-cut, but it's not. I gave him the letter tonight. I'm kind of wondering if it was the right thing to do. He was like, oh, that's so sweet. No, nothing was wrong. Everything's fine. This was such a nice letter. And I was like, um, that was my mean, angry letter to tell you to respect my boundaries or else. Okay, I made it nice instead of angry, but it was a call to seriousness letter, a let's be real letter, not a let's gloss it all over and minimize it again letter. Also, something was wrong. You're just stomping on the whole thing all over again. Blurg. Maybe I should have just left things the way they were. Gaga. Okay, is that everything? Probably not. I feel like a spaz right now. It's 12.22 a.m. I'm starving and don't know what to feed myself, and I've just got a few more days of work left until freedom. Love. Super boss bitch.